Hi, Adri. How are you doing today? I am doing just fantastic. I can't wait to record this episode with you. Me too. I'm very excited. I've been looking forward to this for a very long time. Yeah, because we get to talk every single week, but it's always like with such a purpose. We always have like a very specific topic to talk about. And we do our little chats offline before and after, but we never get like a on-air chitty chat. Yeah, and that's what you're getting, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Because guess what? This is not just for you and I, Helene. (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) Nope. Nope. We are being recorded. Uh, this is a recorded line, as they say in uh, the call centers. <laughs> <laughs> and our audience is the quality assurance people. <laughs> yes. It's like that creepy voice that comes on when you're on Zoom and it's like, this call is being recorded. So, yeah, basically that. Yes, this call is being recorded. Um, I think we should, well, first say, like, hi, thanks for pressing play on this introductory episode to Growing Up Millennial. Um, uh, my name is Adri. I, if, if, if this is the first time you're hearing my voice because you didn't hear to our last podcast, hello. <laughs> if not, if you were listening to the Acupolitics podcast, hello again. Um, and I'm joined by the lovely, wonderful, funny, Helene Carr, <laughs> who was my co-host in Occupolitics. And in life. And in life. Yeah, you're my co-host in life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we thought it would be nice just, you know, for everyone to get us get to know us a little bit um, outside of just talking about nostalgia-filled movies. But we're also going to talk about nostalgia stuff. Um, of course, yeah. But also kind of get like an intro feeling of here's where we're coming from kind of shorthand of like when, you know, cause I, I'm, I'm not going to explain myself every time I'm like, well, I didn't have this growing up or I didn't know about this growing up because that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Helene, um, tell us or tell me, pretend like it's just us because it is just us for now. Um, <laughs> about how you grew up and, uh, what, what has shaped you? Yeah, um, a little about me. Um, I grew up in a small town, well, mid-sized uh, town for Iowa, in Iowa. Um, <laughs> I, I, oh, wait, wait, I, I gotta stop you there. Okay, okay, okay. So is it like more like, uh, is it like the same uh, thing about, oh, she's a, she's a New York 5, but a like Midwest 10 kind of situation? Sort of, yeah. I mean, I don't want to say small town because there are undoubtedly much, much smaller <laughs> towns, especially in Iowa. Davenport is where I grew up. Uh, it's a decently sized town. It's actually one that most people have heard of. It's, um, you know, called part of the Quad Cities. So I grew up there with, um, you know, my mom, my dad, my sister, and my brother. Um, although I was mostly a only child because. My sister is 13 years older than me, and my brother is 10 years older than me. Um, and it's a very Jewish family. My dad is a, was a rabbi. He's retired. Um, and my mom was a cantor. She's also retired. Um, and a cantor is a Jewish song leader. So um, very, very Jewish household. Um, but 
reform Jews. So, you know, we're, we're not crazy Orthodox. Not that Orthodox is crazy. I'm just, that's not what I meant. Uh, if you're an Orthodox, you're listening to this podcast. I love you. I just, that's not what I meant. Um, <laughs> it's just a different flavor. Yes. Um, and what shaped me? Uh, my dad and I are really close. And the way that we bonded growing up was uh, through TV shows and movies. Uh-huh. Um, we would, you know, my dad's not a super like adventurous, like outdoorsy type of person. No one in my family really is. Um, and so we like, stand. we stand this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like he's not into sports. He's not like, he's a very like chill dude and his idea of fun and bonding and a, and a, and a good night with his children is sitting on the couch and watching a movie. Um, and that's literally what we did almost every single night <laughs> to, to hang out or we go to the movie theater or we, you know, binge watch a show together. So, um, I grew a love of film from that and just, you know, having that be the the thing that bonded me with my dad. And then my sister being 13 years older than me, she's also one of my best friends. Uh, she kind of, she grew up in the eighties. I grew up in the nineties and, um, you know, a little sister idolizes her big sister. I wanted to be her. Um, I loved everything that she loved. And so she introduced me to a ton of, you know, early 90s um, to late 90s media that I don't feel like I would have gotten into otherwise um, mm-hmm. because I was born in 93. I'm 30 currently. Um, and so I was pretty young to get into like that early 90s stuff, I feel like. Uh, but she really got me into things like Buffy. And, you know, bring it on and 10 things I hate about you. And a lot, a lot of the like pieces of media that really, really like impacted me and shaped me as a human. All right. So I have like follow up. I have follow up questions. Okay. Okay. So you talked about first about how your dad loves media and that's kind of how you bond. Yeah. What is like if you had to pick maybe top three pieces of media or even top one? or, you know, the number one that you guys bonded over, what would it be? My dad and I, I think, mostly bonded over Harry Potter, to oh be honest. God. Which, by the way, was, you know, the subject of our previous podcast, not to, like, plug it again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Acupolitics, go listen. It's on your feeds. Um, yeah, he he would be the one that would, you know, take me to all the midnight book releases. And then he would be the one to take me to all the midnight movie releases. And he loved the series just as much as I did. And, um, when we're just sitting at home and like, we can't decide what we want to watch our the thing we always fall back upon is, you know, do you want to watch a Harry Potter movie? And we, we don't care. We're like, we're just like, which one do you want to watch tonight? It doesn't matter. And we'll just pick a random one. And that's always like what we choose if we can't decide on anything else. So. I feel like I should get you one of like those spinning wheels, like they just spin and like it just whatever <laughs> it falls on, that's the movie you're going to watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my dad has like bookshelves, you know how people have like tons of bookshelves filled of books. He has mm-hmm. tons of bookshelves filled with DVDs. Oh my um, God, I love that. So he has like this huge library. I think he probably still buys DVDs, even though no one's buying DVDs anymore. Uh <laughs> And yeah, we unless would just... it's us for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yes, uh, it is kind of weird getting back to DVD watching in in this I know, podcast. I know. It is so weird. Uh, it is. I really like. I wish things were streaming more. Is all I gotta say. <laughs> exactly. Um, speaking of duties, like I just as in a quick aside, like I 
I had to like think really hard about like, do I need to buy a DVD player? And then I remembered I have a PS5 and I was like, oh, I'm covered. It's fine. That's what I've been using too. I've been using my PS5. Heck yeah. I love it. Okay. So my second follow-up question was, you also mentioned that your sister had like a Mm -hmm. big effect on the media consumption that you did and like how it shaped you. But what was like the piece of media or pieces of media other than like the ones that you've already mentioned, like Bring It On, 10 Things I Hate About You, Buffy, Mm -hmm. that you bonded over the most? And like, yeah, how has that like carried over to like now 2023 yeah uh well i know i did already mention buffy but that is by far the biggest one but um honorable mention again (laughs) yes um that's like the thing that we bond over the most but uh she also really got me into charmed and veronica mars okay uh, which are like peak you know early aughts i think charm might be late 90s um you know masterpieces uh, <laughs> um, who's your daddy? I mean, <laughs> Veronica Mars is everything. It's the best. I fucking love Veronica Mars. Keith uh, Mars I love all those things. A treasure <laughs> to the world. He's my favorite character, as we yeah. have discussed privately, but the listeners need to know Keith Mars is my favorite character. And you know, that doesn't mean that we won't do a whole season on Veronica Mars later down the road. I would be honored. <laughs> <laughs> I love like you were acting like this is an award show. Like, I'm so honored that you would choose Veronica Mars as a subject for one of our seasons. I mean, I, not like I don't get a say in it or anything, but <laughs> this literally is a democracy. Podcast, so. Yeah, literally you're half this podcast. Like we can't, we can't make a decision without the other person. That's true. But it is a democracy. I can't force you to do anything. So, because if we had it my way, we would do every single episode of Buffy. And I know we, we are can't not do doing that. that. And we already I know exactly, that. exactly. So, <laughs> this is a democracy at work, guys. You're you're seeing the inner workings. Oh, just a peek behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> so, what about you? Tell me a little bit about yourself. We know. Well, if the listeners have listened to anything, we know that you. Grew up in Puerto Rico, so you can speak yes. on that a little bit. How did that affect your, you know, consumption of media and who you Oof. are today? Okay, so um, I am a little older than you by like mm-hmm. seven years, um, and <laughs> just, just had to like throw that out there real quickly. Uh, so I'm basically between you and your sister in terms of like millennial age gaps, right? Um, mm-hmm. But your sister is definitely Generation X, right? She's like on the cusp. I think she's like one, like just just past Generation X from millennial. Oh, she's she's probably like you know like a like an in betweener kind of like. Well, she was born in 1980. I think we've looked this up. I th- I think it might be 1981 is when millennials start. Yes, I believe so. Um, oh, she's might be on the cusp of. My husband Seth is was born in 80, 80 but it was December. <laughs> so that's her. I term. tell him. Wait, so when's his birthday? Uh, December eighth. Oh, <laughs> I almost blinked, and it's so embarrassing. <laughs> That's crazy. I don't know if we've talked about this. My sister's December twelfth, so it's very, very, very. Oh, close. so I mean, Sagittarius, love a Sagittarius. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously because I'm a Gemini, and I'm the opposite of a Sagittarius. So of course, like magnets <laughs> together. Um, anyway, um, I'm a Virgo he, for anyone who cares. I mean, 
and I am a Virgo <laughs> rising, and this is why we get along. Um, you know, I am not a super astrology girly, but I also dabble. You know, it's it is what it is. Same. Anyway, where was I? I also have ADHD, so this is why we you were talking about sometimes. how your your birthday is in between my sister's. Oh, yes. So okay, so I think honestly, if you were born in like October plus 1980 you're kind of an honorary millennial almost right like yeah there's not that much difference in a month developmentally (laughs) you know anyway so there's a lot of references that he gets that you know that I tell him and he gets and there are other things he completely missed the boat on like the Mary Kate and Ashley uh movies that we're talking about on uh season one of this a very fine podcast um are completely new to him. So uh, this has been Love a journey of him. us. Yeah, it is. It has been a wonderful journey of showing him these masterpie- masterpieces of, you know, Oscar-worthy films. And he gets to give us his input on a little segment we like to call White Man's Corner because we do believe in giving a voice to the oppressed, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Of course. You know, it's so underrepresented white men in podcasting. I don't know if you know this, Helene. Yeah, straight white men specifically, for sure. Specifically so underrepresented, and I feel like we're doing a public service. That's, you know. So I'm in between (laughs) you and your sister. So I'm like, you know, solidly millennial, I feel. Like I was born in 86, solidly Mm -hmm. millennial. I'm an elder millennial. Um, But as you said, I grew up in Puerto Rico. I actually lived in Puerto Rico up until I was 24 years old. And then I moved to New Mexico to do my master's degree um, in literature. And, but that's a story for another time. Um, And the thing about growing up, especially in like late eighties, early nineties, and even the two thousands, because I left in 2010 um, in Puerto Rico is that before the internet was what it is right now and i'm talking about like the aol days when you had to have like the cd and there was like a whole dial up and like all the deal um there was not a lot of like media that made it to the island unless you had cable which was very expensive Mm -hmm. um i mean still is but you know even more so (laughs) back then um and you had to pay for the internet by like the minute. I don't know if you remember those days. Very uh, vaguely. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was it was by the minute and it was like a whole thing. So like I obviously had very limited access to the internet as a youth because my father <laughs> did not want to pay for it. Um, and I had cable on and off my entire life. So like not my entire life was with cable. So I had like a lot of access to just pub, like like local TV, which like had... Telemundo and Univision and like these mm-hmm. like, you know, obviously Spanish speaking things. So I if I saw a piece of media like a movie on like the that like base like the the normal like non-cable TV, right? Um it was dubbed in Spanish. So it's not super helpful <laughs> to to me cuz I didn't love I don't love dubbed um movies. I like to watch a movie in its original language. And if I don't speak the language, then I'll just read the subtitles. I don't like, yeah. I, there's something about dubbing that just rubs me, the, like it just seems unnatural. Yeah, it's, me. well, it, it's 
the the core of the performance can really be like made or made or broke by the vocal acting and intonation. I remember I tried to watch Squid Game when it first came out in English dub, and I was like, "This is f- weird." And then I I think one episode I accidentally turned on, and I just had instead of doing English dub, it just was English subtitles, and I was like, "Oh, this is so much better." Yeah, like, it is. It is. <laughs> it literally- I've seen like. Polish films, Swedish films, um, like all, all kinds of different like foreign films. Um, I don't speak any of those languages, right? Um, I've watched like Italian um, TV shows recently. Love them, but I will. I cannot do the dubbing. It's just personally, I, I do. Can't. I think it also like takes you out of it a little bit, right? Because yeah, like, it's like you, the you mouth know, moves, yeah, the mouth you know moves differently. <laughs> yeah, you know that they're, that's not what they're saying. You know that's not their voice. And it's just like, you're like, I can't focus fully on I can't immerse myself in the story as much. So, but but going back to cable, right? So when I yeah. did have cable, those like fleeting moments of luxury in my life, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I would watch a lot of MTV because loved like music videos, was really into Britney um, and sync. Like all that, like pop, like bubblegum pop era of like the '90s and early aughts. Um, watched um, all the MTV reality TV shows in the early aughts and like the next. Late 90s. Next, I was just thinking about next. How did you <laughs> I know? Love it's like the best I, one. <laughs> it's the best one. Um, <laughs> even like a, a few episodes of like the Osborne, the Osbournes. Um, oh, yeah. I like I and then. So so mostly that teen mom, you know, like shit like that. Mm-hmm. And then I guess like I would – oh, I would also watch the Disney Channel when my parents was splurged for like the premium cable. Ooh, fancy. Also obsessed with Disney Channel original movies. Um, and in terms of like music and stuff, like what would play in Puerto Rican radio was obviously a lot of just music from South America and Central America and the Caribbean, right? So like – Obviously, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people now know this, but I would tell you like maybe 10 years ago, a lot of Americans that I would speak to when I first moved to the mainland, they were completely unaware there's like a complete music scene outside of the United States. It was insane. <laughs> I was like, are you fucking kidding me that you don't know that there's like music that is not just American and British? Like what? Yeah. Um, like. Yeah. Even when we had crossover stars in, in the music industry, right? Like Ricky Martin, Shakira, and like these performers in their own rights who had like already like huge followings in Central America and Latin America. Yeah. Uh, people, I think, think they came out of nowhere. And I'm like, bitch, like, you don't <laughs> even know. Like, they sold out stadiums, you know, like they were like mm-hmm. the Taylor Swift of their times, you know, like Shakira, yeah. huge. Um, still love her spanish earlier works more than i do her like crossover stuff i'm not saying i don't it's just like she was more um you know how olivia rodrigo is right now that was og shakira in spanish Mm. nice so like alan like like latin alanis morissette like Mm -hmm. like singer songwriter moody like just perfection (laughs) my dogs just shook so sorry, guys, if you can hear that. Um, <laughs> so 
in terms of music, that's kind of what it would have been playing in like all the radio stations. But there was this one radio station that was kind of devoted to just American music. So it's just English. Right. Okay. And when I was about 12, that's when it became like the cool thing to do was to listen to that radio station instead of the other like more Latin, like the Latin focused radio stations. And that's how I got more exposed to like top 40 American music. Cause that's what it would like when I, I think about back to that time. And even now I think a lot of the time, unless you're like listening on Spotify, right. You can listen from anywhere, but we didn't have that back then guys. Um, <laughs> if you're listening and you live through it, you know, if you know, you know, um, it was almost like there's like a lot of shit that didn't make it to the island because it didn't make it to like top 40 right so i can't think of something specific right now but i it evades me but there are so many like cultural references and even like music from the 70s and 80s and stuff that i've never heard before like i didn't know who meatloaf was like that like shit like that would the top 40 usually be mostly pop or did like hip hop and rap and stuff ever get yeah, in? Yeah, all of that. It's all, it's so like R&B, hip hop, okay. uh, rap, pop. But like, if you remember like the like early aughts, late 90s, it was either bubblegum pop or like R&B hip hop. Would like, did like Eminem make it through? Oh, for sure. Like okay. Eminem, um, I'm thinking Eminem, uh, Destiny's Child. Um, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, Britney, Christina Aguilera. What about like like simple like pop punk, Simple Plan, yes, Simple Plan, Red Charlotte, Boys Good Like Charlotte, Girls, Charlotte, um, yeah. Panic at the Disco. Okay, cool, cool. So like you know like super popular, like okay. worldwide popular acts, right? Is what I'm thinking. Um, 98 Degrees didn't eh. quite. Yeah. I'm still not convinced um, I've heard like a full 98 degrees song. So. <laughs> Maybe we should do an episode. <laughs> anyway, um, like O-Town, I knew only because mm. of their MTV. The movies. Well, the M- their MTV reality show. Do you remember that? Making the band? Oh, I do remember that. I'm thinking like, I've, I feel like I've heard all my all the O-Town songs I've ever heard in my life and like soundtracks of movies. and, and Really? Television. Okay. So I I knew of O-Town because of like making the band and people. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. Also like Pimp My Ride, a huge fan. Yeah. Of or like Cribs uh, or something. Cribs. Um, yeah. You know, like just like those normal things. Um, and, but like in my house, it was almost sacrilegious to like only listen to like English music and watch only English TV shows because my mom was really into telenovelas, which mm-hmm. for those who don't know are soap operas, but in Spanish. Um, and so like Betty La Fea, which then became adapted in, in America as Ugly Betty, was like a Colombian soap that we were obsessed with in my house because I was maybe like 12 when it came out, um, which by the way, guys, it is getting a spinoff like like a like twenty years into the future spinoff in Amazon on Amazon Prime like in English what the fuck in, in Spanish oh in Spanish wow like with the original cast oh that's really cool so like it's like following them to the future and like dealing with like the problems that they deal with you know as a family or whatever that's awesome the the, the main couple that and you know and together um and so a, yeah go ahead I have a question for you 
Um, but yeah. I, I don't want to interrupt your, your if you're if you're not done. No, go ahead. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm, I assume, I don't know if we've ever had a conversation about this, but I assume your, your household was mostly a Spanish speaking household. Oh, it is completely a Spanish speaking household. Like, um, actually my parents have pretty, I wouldn't say thick accents, but they have accents. Okay. So then how did, did you learn English in school or did you learn English by reading and watching and listening? I love this question because it lets me talk about something that I, I don't think I talk about a lot, which is. My parents, um, very like obviously great people, and blah blah blah. Um, but <laughs> they did not encourage me to learn English as much. I think because there's like a deep colonial history with Puerto Rico. Like you know, like mm-hmm. we've been a colony in one shape or another since like basically the Spanish invaded. Um, and yep. in 1898. <laughs> The U.S. invaded and took over. So it's like a little bit of a handoff of like, now this is your problem, child. Fix it. Good luck, right? And one of the first things that the U.S. tried to do was to impose English on Puerto Ricans. That did not work because imagine a country or not a country, a nation, which is what you give the designation to a place with a strong cultural identity. But that is not necessarily legal. So, for example, like um, I don't, I don't know if if that I'm making sense. Like, no, I a get country, it. A country is a legal designation of like you are self determining and self governing, yeah. and then nation is like the cultural identity of a group of people, right? So, a country is a nation, but a nation can not be a country. So we are a nation, right? Um, So we had such a cultural, like strong cultural identity for being, you know, under Spanish rule for 300 years, right? That the English thing did not work for us. Like it, it just didn't work for the US. So even now the official language in Puerto Rico are both Spanish and English. You can obviously like if you go to like a tourist touristy part like San Juan, everyone speaks English flawlessly. It's great. But if you grew up where I did, which is the southwest corner of the island in a town, tiny sea beach town called Boquerón, mm-hmm. uh, literally means sardines. Um <laughs> It's a whole thing. Um, Amazing. You won't, you will hear some people that can speak English without an accent, but most people have very thick or significant accents. So I, I knew from a young age, I don't know, I, I, I can't explain why, right? But I knew from a young age, I was going to move to the mainland when I grew up. I just knew it. Like in my heart, I knew it. And I, I was like, Belle, I want it more. Um, and <laughs> I had, and, and no one else in your family had done that before. Is or- well, my okay. So my the funny thing about my parents is that they did their undergrad in Northeastern University in Boston. So they did live in mainland United States in Boston for about four to five years. Okay. And when they graduated, my dad was so homesick that they decided to return. Okay. Uh, right. To the island. That's fair. Uh, they regret that now as oh they do yeah they regret that um he had 
Like he used to work for this company called Digital, which went under in like 93. Like it was like a big like Fortune 500 corporation. Um, And they offered to pay for his master's degree and he declined it. Wow. Who declines that, man? Well, they also paid for his bachelor's. Dang. (laughs) And I'm like, dad, you could have just fucking taken the master's degree, you know? Um, That would have been pretty cool. So I knew from a young age that I wanted to move to the mainland. Um, and why why I say move and not emigrate, emigrate, um, because I fucking hate when people say that because I am a, like, I could be maybe a cultural immigrant, but I'm not a legal immigrant, if that makes sense. Like, I moved to the States because I am allowed to because I was born an American citizen. Yeah. Um, and when people call call it immigration or like, oh, when did you immigrate from Puerto Rico? I'm like, bitch, like this no. is this is a real Completely question. Different. Yeah, go ahead. Um, when people move from like if they're born and raised on Hawaii and then move to the continental states, like the like the mainland. no one calls that immigration. I was gonna say, do they do that? I was no. gonna, I, didn't, I didn't think that they did. That's so. exactly that's exactly the argument I have made. <laughs> okay, yeah, because I know that Hawaii is a state and Puerto Rico is not a state, but I still feel like it's you're an American like citizen. W- so it would be like if like someone moved from Alaska to like Idaho, it'd be like, oh my god, you immigrated from Alaska because it's not part of the fifty continental ones, you know? Yeah. It's stupid. And it's it's closer to Canada than it is to the United States. So I feel like people in Alaska sometimes just consider themselves Canadian, to be honest. (laughs) Okay. Speaking for the whole of Alaska, this girl. (laughs) I know know a few Alaskans who would, I feel like, agree with that. So... (laughs) Is one of them Sarah Palin? Like, I don't know. It, no, I, I, I do not know Sarah Palin, nor do I want to know Sarah Palin personally. <laughs> anyway, um, so I, because I knew I wanted to move early on, um, I just made a very concerted, and I know this sounds like, like I'm making it up, but I swear it's true. I made a very concerted effort to learn English. And the way that I learned English was through watching movies. And I would put on, like, even like American National Movie, for example, I would watch it, I would listen to the dialogue, and I would read the subtitles and be like, oh, that's how that word's pronounced. Oh, that is how that word is pronounced. Ever since I was very, very little, like, I'm talking like six, seven years old, Beauty and the Beast, all the Disney movies, like, they're like back then, obviously, like VHS tapes, right? Um, Yeah. And I, like, I in Puerto Rico, you have the option to buy it dubbed in Spanish or dubbed in English, because back then, you know, VHS types, you either get it one or the other. There's no middle ground. And my mom was usually very adamant about, like, she also doesn't like dubbing. So she was always also very adamant about, like, buying us tapes in only English. And when we went to the movies, instead of going to the Spanish showing, we would go to the English showing, like all of that. Um, I didn't grow up going too much to the movies though, because my mom falls asleep during movies. <laughs> so, um, but my friends and I did when we went in, were in middle school and high school. And then also college, because that was also a big pastime for us. Um, but again, there was a lot of movies that didn't make it to Puerto Rico movie theaters i can't tell you a lot of names right now but like only like the movies that were considered to have the probability to do well 
would be released in Puerto Rico and they would usually be released like two or three weeks after they would premiere in the U.S. So Mm. like there was always like a lag that I didn't feel quite as much personally because the internet wasn't such a thing back then. Twitter yeah, wasn't such spoiled. a thing back then. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not like I'm missing out on a conversation that is happening online, which I would think like that would be the main difference today where I had such FOMO. Um, and there's like a lot of things that don't make it obviously to the island and like in media, in products and a lot of things that or that you could only get in San Juan. For example, Sephora, there's, li- there, well, at least when I was there, right? I can only speak up to age 24 because I'm not super, you know, well-versed in like the shops. But Sephora, there was only one and it was in San Juan. And the little town I come from is in the southwest corner of the island. San Juan is in the northeast corner of the island, and it is three mm. hours to get across. So if I ever wanted to like mm. go to Sephora or or a Mac store like for makeup, mm-hmm. for good makeup, um, I would have to drive three hours across the island. So so tragic, honestly. It is very tragic. I, I am not even being sarcastic. I agree. It is actually very tragic. It is actually very tragic. And like after like when online shopping became more prevalent, like when I was in college. That's when like my life kind of changed for me um, <laughs> makeup wise because I was like, I can just order online now. Great. And I used to be like obsessed with like what not to wear and Carmendy. Do you remember that on TLC? Uh, what not to wear. Yes. What was the second one? Carmendy from not what not to wear like the makeup artist so whatever like she would recommend I got her book like it's like so like recommendations of her I would like look them up online and just like order them (laughs) and like hope and hope it didn't look shitty on me because like like you can't swatch it at the store (laughs) yeah yeah for sure and back then like beauty blogs weren't as prevalent either so like to find what it actually looked like on someone normal and not a model was really hard so yeah I would go into like forums like lipstick alley and like shit like that but like to try to find the swatches but it's it was kind of hard honestly um yeah and uh I think that what has shaped me is that media is what has allowed me to fluently speak the English language um and I also was an avid reader like it's it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. I studied, I have literally two degrees in literature, a bachelor's and a master's, but, um, reading also helped, but reading can only take you so far because if you don't know how to pronounce the words, you're fucked. Like, what am I going to do? Like text? That's why I said Hermione for the first, you know, four (laughs) years of three years of reading the books. I didn't know how to say Hermione either. Yeah. I definitely went in, I, I went into the movie uh-huh. For the first movie, and my when they said Hermione's name, my jaw dropped. Like <laughs> a formative moment. So, like, I remember being in ninth grade. I got into Harry Potter like when I was thirteen. Um, I got the first three books as a present for my godmother, uh, my confirmation godmother, um, in or when we were on vacation in Orlando together, and I just devoured them. Like, I was just like, "Yeah, this is amazing." And so when I went into a new school and I was like reading Goblet of Fire, people were like, 
I think it was Goblet of Fire or was it Prisoner? One of the two. And I made a friend and she was like, oh, I got the first book and I couldn't get past the 40, first 40 pages. I was like, girl, you got to you gotta, you gotta push through. It's, it gets better. I swear. Really? I feel like the first book doesn't have a slow start. It kind of does because it's all about the Dursleys at the beginning and she couldn't just – she couldn't, you know. Okay. Anyway, okay. that's that's neither here nor there. But <laughs> I remember having like super impassioned conversations about how do you think this is like pronounced? Like is it Hermione? Is it yeah. like <laughs> – like what like what is this um and like the last names like british last names were kind of weird sometimes too and like all these other things and um yeah it wasn't until we saw the movies that we learned how truly bad we were (laughs) yeah audiobooks are nice because i feel like they weren't as big like they were definitely weren't as big when i was growing up because they wasn't well um, i you know which one i have on audio because it was like, do you remember uh, Borders, the bookstore? Oh my God, uh, that was like my favorite place in the whole world. I'm so sad they don't exist anymore. <laughs> literally my favorite place in the world. They had one at the Mayaguez Mall, which was 20 minutes away from my house, right? So it's like a different oh, town. I love it. Um, and like the Mayaguez Mall was, it's like such a like little basic small town. Well, Mayaguez is not a town, it's a city. But like literally a small town mall. Like there's... I mean, it's big, but it's not like, I don't know. It just doesn't have the same cachet as like city malls in the U.S. to me. And I've because li- I I mean, I live in San Antonio, which is like a pretty midsize city. So now I, I have like Gucci and like Tiffany and like I'm spoiled. <laughs> not that I ever like shop there. It's just I'm around it. And that's enough for me. <laughs> yeah. We have a huge Louis Vuitton store. I'm like, yes, this is how this is what I deserve. Anyway, um, there was like this huge borders and they had. Um, I think it was Order on, of the Phoenix on tape. Mm. Like when there were literally tapes. Yeah, I was. That's what I was gonna say. And is I that spent they, it was it was on sale for ten dollars, so I got it just to see what it was. And yeah. it was like Jim Dale, and I fell in love with it. And I was like, oh my god! And so now that I have Audible, and we did the previous podcast, I was like, I'm just listening to the audiobooks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, what I was saying before was like it, it definitely wasn't like as easy to do audiobooks back in the day because they were like literal like cassettes at first and then eventually moved to CDs but mm-hmm. they but they were so expensive too like oh yeah they were like $50 or so I don't even know it was like really expensive it was, it was really expensive i that's why i got mine for $10 right because yeah. it was on sale and i think there were at least 10 cassette tapes yeah i'm not were- kidding there were a lot. It's always a lot. I remember oh, going you know to like what the I was library. Really into as a child. Now that I said cassette tapes, my first cassette tape that I've ever bought with my own money, you know, my allowance, uh, when I was ten years old, was uh, the band Aqua, mm-hmm. because I was obsessed with Barbie Girl. <laughs> Very inappropriate song to listen to as a ten-year-old, yeah. but it was my jam. <laughs> nice. That's a good one. It's a good one. I remember vividly being in a Toys R Us, also another one of my favorite places in the entire fucking world, also gone, very disappointed, guys. You don't even know. And I never went to Toys R Us because we didn't, my mom never wanted to spend money on toys. <laughs> I, only went, I went there like maybe twice in my life. That is so <laughs> rude. I, th- okay, so if it wasn't Toys R Us, even as a college student, Helene. If it wasn't Toys R Us, it was Borders for me. Like, those yeah. were, like... Borders was my, my happy place. Yeah. 
But even as an adult, like even now, the Target toy aisles, love them, <laughs> could spend hours in them. Um, I have a, I'm just a big kid. I've never grown up. Um, so I remember being in this Toys R Us and like Barbie Girl was playing and it's like a core memory for me. And I was looking at like, mm-hmm. like, you know, when it's like electronics started to Wait, be like toys. They were playing that song in Toys R Us. Yes, they were. Yes, they were, ma'am. Did they was, had they listened to it before? <laughs> listen. Sometimes they just have the radio on and whatever. Like, you know, I was like, okay. Interesting. Okay. Listen, most people okay, so I will say most people in my area, again, small beach town. The Toys R Us was still in my OS, but still 20 minutes away. It's not that far. Um they weren't even listening that hard to English music, let's be honest, or even Spanish music. I have been re-listening to some music that my mom was listening to in the car with me mm-hmm. as I was a child, like I'm talking five years old, and there's some filthy lyrics there. Like, I'm talking <laughs> like, like, there's a lyric that I'm thinking about right now that is, okay, so it says like, a uh, una sinfonía de gemidos, which literally means an orchestra or a symphony of moans, <laughs> like so fucking filthy. You don't even know. Anyway, so Amazing. that was it. Like I, as when I grew up, I could listen to whatever the fuck I wanted as long as I didn't have too many curse words. Um, and even then, like, I got away with a lot. Like, I got away with, like, my mom would buy, like, let me buy the explicit version of CDs all the time. She's like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. Um, leave me alone, basically, I think. <laughs> I mean, my dad showed me my first R-rated movie when I was younger than 10. I don't remember how old I was. See, but, you know, sometimes. It, but you, it's, it's, I think it's more because you're the baby of the family, my friend, than it is that... <laughs> Yeah, I just think I also think my parents don't care either about the cussing. We all cuss. Yeah, well, and also Kevin, like so. honestly, my my mom shouldn't care about the cussing because I've never met a person with a filthier mouth. Right. Like, yeah. love you, mom, but you do like to curse a lot, <laughs> <laughs> which is where I get it from, to be quite frank. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that there are studies that say that people who curse regularly are more intelligent and have and are better at expressing their emotions. Well, also stress relief. I love a, a good cursing session, yeah. you know? It just helps. Like yeah. if I stub my toe or whatever, it's just like I'll say like coño, which is like a Spanish curse word and it just makes me feel better. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why yelling fuck is so therapeutic, but it is. It just is, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I so I was like raised by the top 40 and also <laughs> all of Caribbean and Latin American music, which like I think I don't know, it's like a nice little balance that I've got inside like of like cult- cultural differences, right? And like yeah. I'm I often feel and you're going to think I'm stupid probably for this, but like, I often feel like I am like straddling cultures and I belong to neither, but I also belong to both. No, I think that makes total sense. That doesn't, that's not weird. So like, I can't like, even now that because I've been living in, in the mainland for the last 13 years, I can't fully go back ever, you know, like, and be 
like fully immersed in it again. But I don't think I was ever fully immersed in Puerto Rican culture because there's like a little bit of a, I don't know, like a, like a, like it's kind of like, there's like being fully Puerto Rican means, I don't know, just speaking Spanish and rejecting colonialism. And then there's like being Puerto Mm -hmm. Rican means like different things to different people. So like my dad is like super staunch, like rejecting colonialism type person. My mom is less so than him, like politically. So, and that's the other thing, like in Puerto Rico, like politics is basically a sport. So (laughs) people have their teams, like, like, I know that there's some of that in the US, but like in Puerto Rico, it's like next level, like just like imagine like the craziest campaigns and like the craziest parades and stuff. And like at least double that. And that's how fucking crazy it is. So like everyone's like has like political opinions and no one shies away from like it's just like a whole fucking thing. And that also shaped me into the person that I am. But um, yeah, media wise, I was really into like Hanson um, when I was in the sixth grade. I don't know if that was part of what your sister shared with you. I don't think maybe she was a little. My sister was never really into like boy bands. That was all my thing. But I was right after Hanson and um, I'm a Jonas Brothers girly. So I feel like the Jonas Brothers, you know, Hanson like walked so the Jonas Brothers could run like they're. You are correct. Yeah. Um, And then. Obviously, Mary Kate and Ashley movies, which is why we're doing season one on that. Um, of course, I make of course. my mom get me all the movies when they were VHS. It was great. Um, Nick, oh, I was so obsessed with Nickelodeon. I, I was more like of a, a Disney Channel girl for sure, but I did well, like Nickelodeon. I, I mean, the thing is, I was first obsessed with Nickelodeon, and then I became a Disney Channel girly. If that makes sense, I loved um, the Harriet the Spy movie with Michelle Trachtenberg. I yep, remember that's a having. Good one the orange vhs tape <laughs> yep I, i've seen that movie multiple times um uh, watching people get slimed uh was also <laughs> part of like my core thing out oh, cartoon network was also like a big favorite of mine growing up like my brother was really into ed ed and eddie which is like the stupidest show but also i remember it enjoyable. yeah i do remember that show yes uh, and my brother's five years younger than I am, so he's a little bit older than you are. Yeah. Um, Blue's Clues loved. Um, yeah, when I was it, fully like when it came eight to, years older, ten. <laughs> yeah, when it came to Nickelodeon, it was for me. It was like I really did love like the Amanda Show. Um, oh my god, so great! And, Amanda Bynes. I'm, yeah, yeah. And like the Wild Thornberries was really fun. And then like you know classics like Drake and Josh and iCarly and stuff for sure. See, uh, I, Carly, and Drake and Josh, I didn't really get into because I think that was like, I might have been already in college or like, you know, too, in my mind, too old. But I did get into like Lizzie McGuire. Well, see, that's um, Disney, though. That's not Nickelodeon. But and, yeah. and, oh, I know, I know. But I, I'm, t- I'm talking about like, like teen shows. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. That era. Um, Disney did it better I, than Nickelodeon. Did it really well, honestly. Yeah, I feel like Nickelodeon had better, like, comedies. Yeah. But, like, in terms of impactful, like, teen media, I definitely went to Disney. <laughs> oh, for yeah, for sure. Like, and so excited when, like, the premieres for, like, the new movie was going to happen. Oh, my God. I remember being so excited of yeah. every, like, 
Disney Channel original movie that they were like teasing like I, only for a year guys like look at the mm-hmm. Hallmark Channel look at what they've done I just like have that transition like the intro and outro b- burned into my brain of that kid jumping in and out of the film reel you know what oh, I'm talking about beautiful yeah <laughs> you know what I have burned in my brain was all the like Disney stars like doing the wand thing yes. with like Mickey Mouse beautiful you're watching Disney da-da, Channel da-da. <laughs> My name is Hilary Duff, and you're watching Disney Channel. <laughs> oh, so beautiful. Hilary Duff, what a, gl- like, like, she did child stardom, like, childhood stardom, the best way I've seen it so far. Yeah, she's pretty, pretty great. She still is. Sad that How I Met Your Father got canceled. Oh, that is very sad news. Um, But yeah, I've... I mean, this this might sound a little dated if you're listening like two years from now, but like I've been listening to Britney's uh, memoir, The Woman in Me. Um, <laughs> haven't finished it yet, but guys, there's some things there. <laughs> Is she, does she narrate it on Audible? No, no, no. Um, okay. Michelle Williams, uh, the actress from Dawson's Oh, Creek. I don't know who Michelle Williams is. <laughs> I know, I know, but there's also a black Michelle Williams, so I'm making sure that. <laughs> oh. And also, this is a nostalgia podcast. She's so in here. She's well known for Dawson's Creek, uh, not anything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely love her in Dawson's Creek. Actually, I felt so strongly about her character in like not a great way. Uh, really, when I was watching. Da- oh yeah, no, I was like a Katie Holmes girly, and now I'm like, you know what? There's enough room in my heart for both of you. I now I- understand the difference between actor and roll <laughs> yeah i mean i get that i guess i get that um i don't even know who my favorite character on dawson's creek was i don't think it was either of them i think it pacey? was probably it was probably just pacey yeah of course i mean <laughs> joshua jackson can still get it first of all right and yeah. pacey was like a formative crush for me like the character and also the actor Ooh, mighty ducks quack quack yes Many ducks, quack, quack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, and Emilio Estevez as the coach, perfection. I heard that Joshua Jackson and his wife are getting divorced. They are. Isn't that sad? Indeed, it is sad. It's sad when people, you know, end their marriages. But yeah, it's even sadder if they stayed in the marriage while being actively unhappy, uh, is my opinion. But, you know. Yeah, definitely. So, well, this is the year of the breakup, though. I mean, side note. Yeah, Joe and Sophie. Sad. A bunch of people on the things I care about on Bravo, too. <laughs> um, Scandable. Well, Scandable started it off, honestly. It's just like a domino <laughs> effect. Um, so, okay, let's talk about, real quick, fashion trends, because I, that is something I'm obsessed with. Okay. What was... Back then, the yeah. most cringe thing that you loved. The cr- most cringe thing I loved? Yes. Uh, probably gauchos. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. I was really into gauchos. <laughs> if, you, if people don't remember what gauchos are. <laughs> sorry. They're like, like bell bottoms and capris had a baby. They're, yeah, yeah. They're like really, really, really wide-legged capri the, pants. They're like circus tents for your legs. Yeah, I, I definitely, I don't know, they were just comfortable. And they were in fashion, so it was like, hell yeah, I'll wear some gauchos. Um, 
yeah, but now looking back on it, I'm like, those were not the moment. Though I would not wear those again. I would wear like probably 80% of the fashion trends that happened in the 90s and early aughts, I would probably wear again. That I would not wear. Okay. Well, that's the one thing that you will not wear. If you could bring, okay, what do you think about like the resurgence of some of the 90s and early aughts trends? I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I love like, okay, I'm, I'm not of the, I'm not that kind of person who likes to try and pull off a crop top, but I love it on other people. I love mm-hmm, the like mm-hmm. crop top look. I love that that's coming back. I have always, always been a choker girl. I love chokers. If I could, I wish those never went out of style. Like they're so cute. Um, and platform, like, did you have like those chokers that were like pretend like tattoos? Yeah, yeah. Like the like the, like the like the um the, the plasticky black, yeah plasticky yeah. thing yeah 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 we all did I feel um, also was obsessed with Claire's. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And Claire's is still there. And I still go in every once in a while just to see what the kids are up to. <laughs> what, what, what's the happenings, guys? Hey there, right. fellow kids. <laughs> right. Exactly. What's the haps? Uh, um. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I, I'm like, so like platform flip-flops too, I think have started coming back. And I kind of, I like those. And like even just platform like combat boots and, and things like Ooh, that. I, I love think. platform anything, honestly. I'm I'm yeah. here for it, uh, especially now that I'm not wearing heels after, you know, having a child um, yeah. because my feet swole up and then I've yeah. lost all my ability to wear heels. And now I just, I'm just like, you know what? Feels mm-hmm. good. A good platform to give me height, but still be flat footed. <laughs> yep. That and wedges usually are yeah. a lot more comfortable for sure. Um, So for me, like the, I'm thinking about like the most cringe fashion choices that I've made in my life. And there are a lot of them, guys. Um, a lot of them though, were my parents' fault because my mom only shopped at Marshall's, um, which is not the same today as it was then, then it was way (laughs) worse. And my dad didn't believe in like frayed jeans or like letting me wear like jeans without hemming them and he would hem them like I remember these pair of beautiful bell bottoms I got and I was like doing like the fashion show you do you know in front of your parents right to like whatever and I went to Catholic school so we wore uniforms except on Fridays if you paid a dollar you could wear your <laughs> you jeans you know, yeah of course uh oh if my you paid god dollar, capitalism it, <laughs> well it was to help like different like graduating classes to fundraise for like I guess but like that, yeah, I, I feel like that like people who can't afford to pay a dollar every Friday are getting discriminated well, against most people who went to the school could afford to pay the dollar okay let's just say that okay <laughs> anyway um so I was like doing the normal fashion show you do in seventh grade <laughs> I was like look at my jeans aren't they cute and when I was like we need to hem those so I kid you not this man I'm so mad still. I cannot oh, no. even. This man not only hemmed my jeans with a more than an inch seam at the bottom. Uh-huh. These were light wash jeans. He didn't even cut them and like make him look like it was like, you know, from factory like that, you know, the, okay. the hem. Um, so I had like a huge ass like wedge seam. When that was not in fashion, let's be clear. Okay. And he, like, did it so, like, they were 
more than half an inch off the floor? Mm. And then to add insult to injury, he pressed them with a fine point on the front. Ah. Listeners, Helene, imagine being 12. (laughs) Imagine going to Catholic school with the meanest bitches you'll ever meet. (laughs) Gosh. Seventh grade was not kind to me. Let's be. Oh, no. Middle school in general is is like hell. Like, also, I I was a. I was a middle school teacher um, from 2009 to 2010. Uh, That's how long my career uh, lasted in teaching, specifically middle school uh, students. And I relived a ton of trauma I had not processed. Yeah, I mean, middle school is literally like I I, if like if I were to go to hell today, I feel like it would probably be like my middle school days, like middle school in general. It's just 100 percent. It's a hundred thousand percent. Um. Yeah, so, yeah. Anyway, my questionable father's fashion shows, choices aside, because he he still to this day says, well, in the 70s, I used to wear bell bottoms, and you had bell bottoms, and I wanted you to wear them in an authentic way. And I'm like, no, thanks, Dad. Just leave mm. me to die, you know? Just leave Sad. me to die. Leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. He thought he was doing me a favor, like, look at how cool my kid is, and, like, literally the opposite happened. Yeah, because parents' idea of cool is not current anymore. Come on. Yeah. I'm trying to keep that in mind as I try not to embarrass my own child, who is 18 (laughs) months old, so she doesn't know any better anyway. Yeah, Yeah. she's not at the age of being embarrassed by you yet. And I am almost looking forward to that age, honestly. I I don't know why, but I am. You're going for punishment. It's it's part of growing up. It is what it is. So. Okay, most cringe love that I had, Caprice. I still wear Caprice. Okay, I am 5'3 or 5'2. I have very long legs, which for my body, right? I was going to say, if you're 5'3, you do not have very long I have very long legs for my body. For For your body, for your body, yes. Like, I, for reference, I had an ex-boyfriend who was like 5'10". And he was a track jock. Like he used to be, a, he used to be an athlete. And his legs and my legs were the exact same length. Okay. My, I have a very, very short torso. Like I'm very, I'm packed real tight on my torso. Um, <laughs> so I can wear like normal, like regular length jeans without a problem because of my long legs. Like I have the legs of a much taller person, right? <laughs> um, but Caprice are just not a good look for us shorties, especially if you have long legs. It just doesn't do any good for you. It just accentuates your midsection, which was very short and chubby. Still is. Um, even more so now, I would say. Um, and if not the Caprice, definitely like the... I was like such into like being a tomboy and I had like... All the like surfer, like Roxy Billabong, yeah, whatever type T-shirts that I thought okay. I looked so great on, in, but like did nothing for my figure <laughs> with my Caprice. <laughs> yeah, Just yeah. I, if I could bring one thing fully back, okay, I tell would, me. 
I would bring Converse. I know they still exist. I still wear but, them because I, I am deeply uncool because I am a parent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they still exist. I just feel like they're not like in fashion anymore. Like just that type of shoe is not as exce- – like the high tops, even the low tops. I – was just a sucker for a good Converse shoe. I, I miss them so I, much. I have like right now in my closet, I have red glitter Converse low top Amazing. and a gold, like metallic gold high top that I love very dearly. Yeah. I, I really need to go buy some more, to be honest. I miss my Converse. I'm I'm big into combat boots right now though. So Ooh, I just wore combat boots because it's fall mm-hmm. the other day. Yep. And I was like, and Listeners, like I have like really good combat boots, like super like good leather, great feeling, whatever. But I hadn't been able to wear them since like the second trimester of my pregnancy because my feet swell up like hams Mm -hmm. and like Fred Flintstone's feet. Um, (laughs) And I was really worried I could never wear them again. And now my feet are finally, after a year and a half of giving birth, almost back to their like pre-pregnancy size it'll never be the same I'm, i was I gonna hear. say yeah i hear that sometimes they just permanently change yeah yeah so they're permanently now longer but it was a blessing that i usually buy boots half a size bigger than i was at the time mm-hmm. so now they're just instead of being like slightly big to accommodate like a chunky sock now they're just big enough to accommodate a normal sock okay so like, okay, I'm good, you know? Um, but I had to give a lot of my other shoes away, which is really sad. Um, if I could bring, what, what I do like that seeing now in the trends is the like sunglasses that are coming back, kind of smaller, even though I do love a large frame because I love like a 70s big moment sunglass um, look. But mm, I think I've seen butterfly clips at Target. Mm. Been very excited for that. Love not here, clip. not here for like the studded belt. I sent I tell you I sent you a picture the other day. Yeah, I was like, yeah. not the studded belt, please, guys. I definitely don't do had this a to me. I had a couple of those growing up. But oh, oh, I'm not yeah. saying I didn't. I'm saying I, I went. Girl, hot topic was like part of my religion in high school. Same, okay? same. So, I was big hot topic early for sure. I mean, they still exist. I yeah, I'd still go there. there I, I, and box lunch, I go to box lunch too now. Yeah, that's but that, that's newer, right? Like I didn't have. Yeah, box but it's lunch. basically like a little bit less goth. Yeah, no, I, I I am I, I am familiar. <laughs> okay. I love shopping. I, I love shopping. Um, but yeah, they didn't have it. Like, they didn't have it back in the day. That's for sure. I, well, sometimes people will tell me about stores, right? And I'm mm-hmm. like, I didn't have that growing up, <laughs> you know? Because again. Yeah. Top 40 shit is what made it to Puerto Rico. So like Hot Topic made it. Mm-hmm. Uh, some department stores, but not others. Like we never had a Dillard's, for example. And like when I moved to, yeah. to, Texas, to New Mexico and Texas, like Dillard's is huge here. And I'm like, what? Is Did you have Aeropostale? In San Juan only. Oh, okay. <laughs> and in Abercrombie? A big part. In San Juan. And like, a Hollister? Like, Did you have a Hollister? <laughs> I, I think maybe in San Juan. <laughs> and like... Uh, it like in the big mall in San Juan that's like three stories high and like it's a huge like I think it's the big it was the biggest mall in the Caribbean ooh, at that ooh. time. What about Limited Two? That was my story back that. in the day. Oh, I, I love it. I loved so a good whenever limited I two. would um, visit my aunts and cousin, my aunt and cousins in Orlando, 
we would go to like the mall and I would see all these stores like Delia's and Wet Seal, like yeah. what's what seal i had delia's catalogs though and wet seal catalogs delivered to my uh, p.o box in Bocadon. but like our family p.o box i was very excited every time i had a catalog but like limited to and stuff like i only was able to experience whenever i was visiting family okay all right all right um like we didn't have a barnes and noble we just had borders and we only had borders we only started well, that's getting- fine a borders I want to say I was in high school I I don't I still don't understand why why Barnes and Noble beat out that borders for like existence and you know why I loved borders like this is a very selfish reason but the cafe instead of importing coffee from the U.S. which sorry listeners but your coffee sucks um (laughs) or like you know from elsewhere they bought local puerto rican grown coffee nice and use that coffee on all the like that was my first like introduction to like a frappuccino and like all this other stuff like delicious sugar laden coffees that (laughs) i am obsessed with and it was like it just makes it taste much better than like your regular starbucks frappuccino Um, okay i believe you and so I really liked that they did that. And I believe that was the reason their cafe was always full. Like, I think their cafe was busier than the actual bookstore <laughs> at all times. And my sister actually, I think, worked in the cafe at Borders one time, uh, like in high school. So. Oh, awesome. I remember it fondly. Uh and their croissants and like that was like my first introduction to like a starbucks type cafe store like a you know yeah like just a more chain like um mm-hmm. because again starbucks in san juan <laughs> like it's like every time you wanted to do something like that people viewed as trendy or as like more of the american culture you had a much better chance of success finding that in san juan than finding that in my neck of the woods okay all right yeah makes sense so yeah so obviously like we're re-watching a lot of the things that we loved maybe we'll be watching new things that either you or i haven't watched fully or had did not know of before yeah. um so maybe. a lot of it is going to be through that lens of like this is how we grew up and you know like how we feel about that today is also through the lens of well, my influences were <laughs> these things, you know? Exactly. Yeah. It's going to be a journey. Oh, I can't wait Me for neither. people to join us in this journey and let us know their thoughts. And I want to know what people's like favorite thing to wear or most cringe thing to wear was and what they'd bring back. I'm here for butterfly clips, guys. I was obsessed. Yeah, they were they were really really cool looking. I do remember liking them a lot. And lip maybe snackers. It's, uh, like a good like a good zigzag part, you know. I'm a, I'm an yeah. accessories and hair girly, you know. Yeah, zigzag parts are. I always just thought looked so cool. So uh, I'm here. I'm I'm here for bringing those back. Good like Tara McClay from Buffy hair. I always I, I always thought of it as like like passport to Paris Olsen twin hair, you know like yeah do they have the they have this exact part in like some of the more recent ones we've watched but did they have it in passport to paris i think 
maybe maybe I'm just misremembering, but I feel like they, they, they yeah, it was spiritually the of in the my time. heart of the time. spiritually in my heart. Also, like bandanas were really cool back then. Do you remember that? Like hair bandanas. Uh huh. Yes. I never could like liked wearing them to be honest, but I like them on other people. But here's the thing: like hats, bandanas, everything. Love love them. Look great on me, but I get so self conscious in public. I won't wear them. Oh, but if they look good on you, then why? What do you self conscious about? I just feel self. I don't know. I, I. Oh, and that's another thing that maybe the listeners should know. I'm a person with ADHD and on the spectrum, and sometimes, obviously, a little bit awkward. Um, and things that don't face other people really, really bother me. <laughs> and I have like big sensory issues and all that, and like I just get like get really self conscious and uncomfortable. And I even it took me to my thirties to like take an, a hat outside of the house and mm. wear it i just don't wear hats just in general but but, but yeah. like but they look really like it's i have a good face shape for like hats so like people are always like but then why don't you why did it take you so long to like start but it was just more of like a like yeah. an out of body like creepy crawly like think of like no i don't want people to notice me and i don't want people to stare at like you know it was like a mm-hmm. like it was like a thing that i felt like was drawing more attention to myself than i wanted to um and i don't know maybe i'm more in my body now and like i feel more like at ease and i feel like also after 35 you feel way more invisible and that's great for me <laughs> because I don't like to be perceived by strangers, mostly. Um, so, which is part of being on the spectrum, um, as I have learned. So, yeah, always learning. Which about is so. Ourselves. It's a funny. It's a funny thing to uh, be someone who doesn't want to be perceived by strangers and then have a fucking podcast, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a little counterintuitive. Oh. But you there. can't see my face uh, most times, so I'm okay with it. Speaking of, should we tell people where they can follow us if they, you know, enjoyed le- oh! learning a little bit about us? Faux shizzle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is terrible, for sure. Um, you can go find us at Instagram, um, at GummyPod. We are currently only doing Instagram and Substack. We are, you know also a newsletter gummy pod g-u-m-m-y-p-o-d dot substack dot com yep and then um you know if you want to follow us personally you can follow me um on various social media platforms it's just my first and last name helene spelled h-e-l-e-n-e and last name is carp with a k K k-a-r-p um and uh, I'm sure if Adri wants to give out her information, she can, but. I'm not going to dox myself. Are you kidding? No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> you can follow me on threads, on Instagram, on Twitter. I don't tweet anymore, but, you know, if you want to, I guess. Um, at Anana Banana. It is A-N-A-N-A. Banana. <laughs> <laughs> like yes. the fruit. <laughs> Yes, we'll we'll be posting all about the pod and our in our lives and and just uh we'll see you over there and hopefully you enjoy these podcast episodes that we've been cooking up for you about the Mary Kate Ashley movies and we're they so excited. Are quite the ride, I will say, because not only do we talk about 
who the director is, who were the writers, who were the people who crafted, helped craft and put this all together. We talk about scene by scene situations and our thoughts on them and like shit, like, like how many montage scenes are there? Um, how many <laughs> shots of Diet Coke can we find? You know, normal things that we talk about. Um, then and of we course have- the fashion. The fashion uh, we talked about. We also talk about feminism. Like, does it pass the Bechdel test? Um, and you know, most notably, we do give about three minutes tops to the resident white man to give his spiel of what he thought of it. But because obviously we are raising a tiny human together, he is not in. You know as they say, in studio with us for this. So he just like leaves us a voice memo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is a hoot. Um, I, I love his little notes that he has. So you guys will enjoy it too. In the words of the poets of NSYNC, bye, bye, bye. Growing Up Millennial is an independent entertainment podcast hosted and produced by Helene Karp and Adri Wilson. Our conversations in every episode fall under Section 107 of the Copyright Act, identifying criticism and comment of copyrighted material as examples of activities qualifying as fair use. Helene Karp manages our social media. Adri Wilson edits our audio and does all our graphics. You can let us know your thoughts by emailing us at gummypod at gmail.com. That is G-U-M-M-Y-P-O-D at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at gummypod. And we are also a newsletter. Go check us out at gummypod.substack.com. <laughs> I mean, we will have a rom-com season, right? Not if you watch all of them with Seth before. It's fine. By the time we get to that, it's going to be like a year from now and then we won't remember shit. There's a difference between like 20 years ago and 20 <laughs> months ago. Like, Okay, but what if I told you, like, because I have the DVDs, what if I told you to watch Passport to Paris during the pandemic? You would have said no? I don't, I know you didn't. You would have told me that. I can't remember if I did. Probably. <laughs> I did a lot of weird stuff during the pandemic, you guys. I, I gained like 40 pounds. Like... This is my life. I also then had a baby after gaining the weight. So I gained like 80 pounds total. <laughs> I mean, I, I also gained a lot of weight, but that was because of PCOS. So I mean, I, but that's I different. You. Like, I gained the weight because I couldn't stop fucking eating because I was stuck at home all day. <laughs> anyway, this is no longer on topic. Uh, is there anything else Whatever. we want to discuss? <laughs> no, I mean, there's editing for this. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>